Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name is Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I spoke with Ella Feely, the founder of The Z-Link, a social media marketing agency focusing on helping businesses reach the Gen Z audience. So unsurprisingly, we talk about the inception of the idea, but also how brands can develop their marketing strategies to best reach Gen Z by covering platforms to use and also best practices to use when it comes to platforms such as Instagram and TikTok. We also talk about where she sees the future of social media platforms and Gen Z behavior when it comes to what we expect from brands. It's a really, really interesting episode. I really hope you find value because I found it extremely interesting because it's such a an environment that's changing so quickly and you know us as gen z we expect a lot you know more from brands and differently from from you know different generations and so yeah it was really interesting actually talking with erafili and covering this so that takes me to this week's shout out so in case you don't know every week i'm giving a shout out to someone who's you know done something pretty cool uh, or the easiest way to get a shout out is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts with your name and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. But this week's shout out actually goes to another guest that's been on the podcast before. Actually, from episode one, <laughs> I don't know how many of you have been listening since episode one, but this is the first ever episode, Ayush Sanjavi. And if you if you haven't listened to episode one before, <laughs> I mean, it's not great <laughs> compared to like these episodes, but I mean, yeah, it's still pretty good. But yeah, listen back. You can see the difference between the quality. But yeah, if you want to listen to his story, episode one is where it's at. But anyway, the shout out goes to him because he's currently come off by winning the Great British Entrepreneur Award 2020 in the health and well-being category in the Southeast region. And so, yeah, massive achievement. I know he's he's been nominated before last year and this time he's been nominated and won it. I was nominated personally as well. Um, I didn't win it, unfortunately, but here's the next year as well. But yeah, massive shout out to him because he definitely deserves it. And if you want to listen more about him, if you want to hear more about his story, episode one is where it's at. But apart from that, follow us on our Instagram page. That's where the new episodes get announced and any other shout outs that happen, uh, along with audio previews, all of that good stuff. I might even be doing an Instagram live of, a, of an interview with someone soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that if you're on the Instagram. And if not, follow the Instagram. It's good. <laughs> it's a very cool environment. <laughs> So anyway, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Okay, hey, Erafili, how are you? Hey, Sina, I'm great. Thank you for having me. How are you? Oh, I'm very good, thank you. And yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I've, I've been recording like mad and <laughs> this is my last one, last recording for a while and then I'll take like a week break or something and I'll start recording again. But yeah, like really excited to have you on because you're focusing very much on Gen Z or Gen Z, mm-hmm. depending on where you are, but like my my podcast we were talking about this before we hit record it's quite focused like i could have named it the gen z entrepreneur as well like but i chose the millennial entrepreneur it sounded better in my mind but like i could have gone either way really because there's there's quite a fine line between the two yeah definitely like we get referred to well i'm 22 you're 20 but i think we get referred to as millennials all the time right so yeah 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 we do and i think there's a lot of gen zers as well who think they're millennials or like i think that from the age of like 22 to 25, you're just quite unsure of uh, where you fit. So Millennial Entrepreneur, I think, covers it. Yeah, I think it would have been, there was actually, there's actually another podcast called The Millennial Entrepreneur out there that was existed before me, mm-hmm. but his his name was slightly different. It was like The Millennial Entrepreneur with, and then it was his name. Um, oh. So it was like slightly longer. And my one, they allowed it 
basically you can't have the same name podcast so they allowed me because mm -hmm. i shortened it and i didn't put my name in the actual title so oh good yeah and it's a good name i'm, I'm really happy with it <laughs> it is yeah very straightforward to go how did you come up with your name for the business the the z the z link yeah so the z link i came up with it took it took ages to find a name that i liked and that was available which is one of the things that i wasn't really expecting when i you know was uh trying to start my business how long it would take to find a name but it basically comes from the fact that my business links gen z and businesses trying to market to them so the z link is kind of like i'm a gen z social media marketer and my business helps businesses market to this generation so we're kind of like a link in between yeah that makes that makes total sense where did the whole idea come from? Because it's a really interesting platform, uh, like business that you've built around because it's a very different sort of environment now for a lot of marketers and brands that want to get their message out there. Mm -hmm. Before it was fairly, I mean, it was fairly straightforward, you could say, in, in the types of media. But now there's so many different options. Yeah. Uh, there's so many different mediums that you can kind of pursue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like I've basically dumped a whole lot of, <laughs> a lot of my thought there. <laughs> Yeah, where'd the whole like idea process come from? The idea for the business, well, I'll tell you like a bit about my background to understand it better because I think it helps because I was working as a social media marketing freelancer for a few years. I quickly developed a passion for creating content that's aimed at my generation specifically. I, I came to understand what Gen Z wanted to see in social media. And I found it very interesting to market to them directly because, you know, me as both a member of Gen Z and a social media marketer, I knew exactly what I wanted to see from brands that were marketing to me. And so I was applying that in my work and I kept seeing how badly some businesses were trying to reach our generation in terms of, you know, values they were promoting, tone of voice, aesthetic, everything. So I became very conscious of the gap that there was between marketers and my generation. And I started doing a lot of research on how it was being tackled. And I found a lot of articles and reports pointing out that there is a gap, you know, and I came across a couple of Gen Z consulting companies, but they were all focusing on more general marketing and consulting. And so yeah. I noticed that there was no solution that specialized in social media marketing specifically. And that surprised me because social media is, of course, such an essential tool in reaching the first generation of uh, actual digital natives, which is Gen Z. And that's how the idea for the Z-Link was born, because I really wanted to tackle this problem and help link companies across industries with their target audience in a way that would work yeah it sounds really interesting because i'm really interested to get your take on this what do we expect it's kind of weird to ask from my perspective because i'm i'm part of this sort of generation but yeah. what do we expect from brands and, and marketers as opposed to like before and the older generations i think we're a lot more conscious even uh subconsciously, quite paradoxically, of the authenticity and the values that brands are expressing on social media. I don't know about you personally, but I think the majority of Gen Z wants to see businesses that are progressive and that aren't afraid to be bold. For example, showing how a business is supporting things like sustainability, diversity, equality are extremely important in gaining you know, brand favorability among this generation. 
And unfortunately, many businesses engage in very performative activism through their social media content because they figure out Gen Z wants to see them be open-minded and they post very superficial content simply to make it seem like they care about a cause, but without taking action in their own ranks and in the way they conduct business. So I think our generation really values businesses that are authentic and transparent in that way in, uh, in a deeper level. And then, of course, Things like aesthetic and tone of voice play a big part in how we'll perceive a brand, even if we don't think about it consciously. Okay, yeah. I remember during the whole, it's still going on now, mm-hmm. and rightly so, but the, the Black Lives Matter movement, Yeah. there's a lot of brands that didn't stand up for that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people took notice and really realized, okay, these brands aren't making any sort of comment on this. Mm-hmm. And I understand why they're not doing it. I think they're afraid of maybe alienating a part of their audience or whatever. I mean, I think that's I think that's terrible, but like that's that's probably the yeah. process behind it. But that those sort of things don't go unnoticed anymore. I think. Yeah, exactly. I think our generation is really good at seeing right through these like performative posts, uh, which is good because, for example, you'll have a company post um, a Black Lives Matter. Uh, post and then you'll see people on Twitter posting like I don't know a screenshot of their C-suite being made out of exclusively old white men and they'll be <laughs> like is this you <laughs> you know yeah, yeah so you can really tell and it's quite embarrassing for these businesses as well like either you know take action in the way that you actually do business or eventually Gen Z will see these things and then their appreciation of that business falls even further which brands do you really look up to that you think are doing an amazing job at the moment for basically their marketing process to, to Gen Z? One that comes to mind first, I guess, is quite expected, but Nike is doing a really good job in the content they're posting and the way that they do it. I thought I thought you were going to say that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I feel like it's such a strong example. Like it comes to mind first. It helps that it's such a big brand to mention because, uh, you know, everyone listening could go check out how they do their social media strategy. But they're very, very inclusive. They support equality in ways that you can see um, are actually genuine. Their content is very straightforward and they're not afraid to be bold and take a stand. So I think that's why, you know, they get they have such a great engagement rate, such great brand favorability among Gen Z. So, yeah, they're doing it well. (laughs) So where do you guys come in as a company? So would you work with brands to kind of define their social media and marketing strategies targeting towards Gen Z and targeting towards that demographic and basically Mm -hmm. overhauling or recommending things that they should do? Yes. So basically, we work with brands that are either owned by older people that want to learn how to connect with Gen Z in a good way, or we have a few clients that are businesses owned by Gen Z who just want to outsource their social media marketing to someone who will better understand the way they want to do it. So what we do is we'll either take over their social media channels completely and do social media management and create their content that they're going to post on every platform, make sure it aligns with their business, but also would attract Gen Z in a you know good and genuine way. Or we do social media strategy development where We won't take over their actual management and content creation, but we'll write a full strategy for them on um, 
how they could optimize their platforms better and get better results and what things they should optimize to be able to reach our generation more efficiently. Yeah. Um, smaller services like consulting, we do some training for in-house social media teams, stuff like that. I'm in the process of starting a new brand and I was going to do a vlog series. I was going to basically, I put a poll out on, on my Instagram, uh, my podcast Instagram, asking people if they wanted to see a vlog series of me basically starting this new thing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, that'd be amazing. So that's basically what I'm going through. But I'm not too strong at social media, I think. Mm-hmm. That's probably a weakness of mine. Mm-hmm. And what would, so what would you recommend to new brands that come in who don't really have much an idea like me on mm-hmm. social media how like what platforms would you use how would you target gen z and also are there any sort of like secrets that you've picked up on your journey the platforms that uh, you'll be using of course depend on your goals so using every single social media platform is of course not viable for your business long term as it requires a lot of resources and posting the same content on every platform will make you lose authenticity. So every platform is better for different things. And when you're just starting out, it really helps to put some things down, you know, like make a little document and start answering some very key questions that will help you when you're starting out with your social media strategy and the content that you'll be creating. So what I always ask is, First, how would you describe your brand in three words? And like you have to to set some of the values that you think describe your brand better. So like integrity, quality, diversity, things like that. And then you have to think an answer for your business. Why would someone follow you on social media? What do you have to offer? And what do you hope to offer? For example, you might say you want to... Um, offer value to this specific target audience, you want to inspire people, you want to help young entrepreneurs do this or that. So specific things. And then you'll want to ask yourself what the specific goals are that you hope to achieve by using social media. So like driving sales, driving traffic to your website, reaching new audiences, uh, establishing a community. So everything like that. And then Questions like this will help you establish everything from which platforms you should be using to how you should be using them and what kind of content you should be posting to get the best results. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's uh, quite some some quite general advice that I could give you right now. And then, of course, uh, it's really important to, if you don't outsource your social media strategy and you're kind of uh, bootstrapping it and doing it yourself, you want to think about the tone of voice that your brand is going to have and you know establish a visual identity so how will your content be recognizable for example on instagram uh will it have a visual identity that someone can see in the, on their timeline and straight away link to your business yeah all of these things especially tone of voice i think is uh, very important to establish early on because uh, if you you have to know your target audience very well and then adapt your social media strategy accordingly so you can reach them in the best way yeah really really good advice Mm. what is the whole like i've seen this recently as well mm-hmm. more so than brands like before i suppose but i've seen a lot of brands come up that have focused on their own personal brand as well so they've included that within their own product have you seen that sort of trend or am i just seeing it <laughs> am i just seeing it as well do you mean like uh brands that will put the 
the founder's personal brand kind of integrated into yeah. the business's brand. Yeah. yeah, I actually have been seeing that lately a lot. And I've been thinking about it because on Instagram, on um, you know the Z-Link Instagram, I connect with a lot of people that are in the social media marketing niche specifically, or just like digital marketing. And they pretty much all tend to do that. And I've been observing how well it works. And I think it's really good to add this personal touch to the way that you manage your social media. For some brands, it works great, especially for smaller businesses that are mostly managed by one person. So it's not a bad idea at all because it creates better connection with your followers. I was thinking about it. Like, yeah. It seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it really is because it helps you be authentic. Yeah, I'm just thinking. So I think for some platforms, for some businesses, sorry, it works really well. Mm -hmm. So like for, for this podcast, for instance, I know it's not a business, but... Mm -hmm. you could say it's a brand or whatever yeah yeah definitely i put my face on it because i saw a lot of other podcasts in my niche that have seen a lot of success by putting their faces on it mm -hmm. um so that's basically the whole pro thought process why i've done that but for other sort of ideas that i have obviously when you're building a business you're building a an asset for yourself mm -hmm. yeah and the assets doesn't become as valuable so if you want to step away from the business at any one point it doesn't it might not be able to work without your face mm -hmm. on it if yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of like walk away so it might not be as valuable going forward these are just thought processes that i've had but obviously like with the authenticity and the honesty behind it i think people can resonate way more if they put a face to it yeah so that's you're you're absolutely right in saying that and that's um a really valid concern as well i think it really depends on the type of brand that you have and also it kind of depends on the size of your team and uh, of course on the platform will you be marketing so if it's something that you've really made into your personal brand and um, you think you could promote well by showing yourself and putting a very personal touch in it then that can help you create a very loyal audience but of course then you can't disassociate yourself from that brand and have it remain the same and then if you make a brand that's quite impersonal um, and you don't have your own personal branding integrated in it you know your face isn't never isn't there and stuff um yeah it might be harder to create the same loyalty among your audience i think but it's still you can still make up for that by making sure that the content that you post and the tone of voice that you use on social media is still sounding personal and approachable like make sure that because your brand lacks a face it won't sound like a robot like you want to sound like a human in the way that you talk on social media and that's really yeah. important so if you you know if you do decide to not put your face in it and don't not integrate your personal brand with your business brand it's not uh i don't think you lose you miss out on a lot in that way yeah it's really interesting it's something that i've seen absolutely tons of recently like even like i'm thinking back to my previous guests as well like mm -hmm. i think the the woman the girl that i had on my previous episode she like we talked about this a little bit as well because she she's chosen to put her face behind the brand Mm -hmm. She does a iced coffee brand yeah. and she's put her face behind it and it works really well for me. I think it, I think it really works like well for her branding and she's got a very good audience from the back of it. Mm -hmm. So 
like it's something that I've thought about a lot um, with kind of new endeavors that I'm thinking of as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you think that it's something that you wouldn't want to exit from, I think this mostly becomes a problem if it's a business that you want to really scale and get a lot of people in it and consider making like a proper startup that might later be acquired. And then it starts to be a problem if your face is all over it. But if it if it's something that is kind of like your personal project and you're very involved in it, then uh, I think you'd only benefit from being that personally involved in it. I absolutely love Erafili's insights into, you know, these topics. And it's really, really interesting for me to sort of find out more. I really hope that you guys find it interesting as well. I really wanted to ask her, you know, there's a massive boom in influencer marketing. Like so many brands are going after influencers. And that's led to so many, you know, people wanting to become influencers, a job that just didn't exist before. Um, it's really, really interesting. And so I wanted to ask um, Erafili if her company focuses on influencer marketing for brands. I don't market for influencers, but we do help businesses do influencer marketing for Gen Z. However, there are a lot of businesses that do specifically influencer marketing for Gen Z, and that's like their only niche. So we don't focus on that as much. Okay, so you you primarily focus on like creating content for platforms mm-hmm. such as like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, mm-hmm. those content. sort of platforms, right? Yeah, yeah. Content management and strategy mostly. Is there a platform out there that you think, like a social media platform out there that you think could be really huge in the next few years? Because you're obviously following this space really closely. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested because I've done a lot of reading behind this as well. And obviously when TikTok was taking off, and it is still taking yeah. off to this day, but there was a lot of actual small competitors coming out mm-hmm. that I thought might challenge TikTok in the early stages. Seems like they haven't really. Yeah. So businesses such as like, I don't know if you know Bytes. Do you know Bytes? They're yeah, set yeah, up yeah. by the, the Vine, mm-hmm. the Vine co-founders. That one is, I went on it for a, for a bit just to see what the environment was like. And it seemed pretty cool, but it didn't take off as quickly as TikTok did. And then there's other platforms. I know Google came out with a similar thing only in the US called tangy i think it was but it was, fo- it was focused on a different niche it was focusing just on cooking and diy videos uh-huh. which i think was, I, th- I still think is a pretty cool idea so are there any sort of like social media platforms that you think not just in the tiktok and short space oh, how do you say it like short medium space like do you see any any social media platforms that you think are really interesting um i've seen quite a few new ones try to take off that are mostly video based but uh I haven't seen anything that I would say I can tell is really going to go big in the next few months or years, to be honest. And uh, of course, this is very expected, but I think TikTok has a power in that way, you know, as a platform that continues to be on the rise. And all of the TikTok competitors, even Instagram Reels, um, don't seem to be going anywhere when you compare them to TikTok's reach and uh, how effective it is for marketing, because simply they, their algorithm is not the TikTok algorithm. So businesses won't be getting that insane amount of reach in the first few minutes and hours of posting. They won't be getting the same results. And uh, TikTok continues to remain the only platform where things can go viral so quickly from both brands yeah. and uh, independent creators. So I think it's going to be really hard for a newcomer to 
beat that and appeal so much to brands in the same way because TikTok is really beneficial if you use it for marketing. And um, I will be very impressed if you know a competitor came along that managed to replicate that. I see. I see Instagram Reels as a, as a pretty strong competitor, to be honest, against TikTok because they've got so much like cash and resource behind them that they could probably like create a very good algorithm very quickly. Mm-hmm. That's that's my thought process behind it. But you know, at the same time, TikTok could could create a better algorithm. They could you know move into different value chains and all of that stuff. But yeah. it's a space that I'm I'm really interested in and I'm following quite closely. Especially if like TikTok gets banned by certain governments, then then Instagram <laughs> yeah. Reels I think would would be a real real competitor. And yeah, we'll see what happens. It's really interesting. How, you must have loads of brands come to you and want to find out more about TikTok because it's such a new sort of oh yeah, uh, such a new platform for many people. I think everyone is kind of uh, confused about how to approach TikTok for the first time because there's so much advice online on how to create good content on TikTok. And it's not, especially for older audiences that want to create content to appeal to Gen Z, TikTok is you know, the, the right place to do that. And as a platform, I don't think it's that straightforward to use for like, I don't know, a 50 year old marketer, for example. And it can be quite intimidating, I think, to these audiences yeah. because it's flocked with very young influencers with 50 million followers. I, I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm not actively on it, but I went on it just to see what the environment was like and what, it, mm-hmm. what it's all about. And it's cr- like, it's a really, it's a really different environment to what I've, like, we've been brought up on social media and it's a very, very different environment to what I've seen before. Yeah. I quite liked it. I, I thought it was quite funny. And it was crazy because I, I went on it thinking, you know, I'm just going to go on it, see what, see what the fuss is all about. Mm-hmm. and I ended up being on it for like a long time I, know, <laughs> I ended I up think... being on it for like pretty much an hour and a half or something like that I was like this is crazy yeah yeah and that's everyone's experience you know if you talk to anyone um, most people especially around our age will tell you that you know they didn't have TikTok at first and they downloaded it to see what the fuss is all about and then they ended up being on it for three hours <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's its appeal as well I think their algorithm works so well in giving you good content and uh, it helps that its target audience is Gen Z because we have a, an attention span of eight seconds max. So, yeah. you know, it's so quick that it's really useful for us. So for you guys, are you doing a lot of work on TikTok? Like, do you, I mean, what sort of strategies do you have in place for businesses that want to really find out more about TikTok, want to promote actively on TikTok? Like, what are the strategies? Because it's, it's quite a new thing and I'm really interested to see what sort of work that you've done already. We haven't created any content for TikTok because mostly we're we're working on strategy for it. But the most useful things for brands on TikTok right now are TikTok ads are very very effective for brands that have the that have the budget and then branded hashtags as well work great because they can give brands, you know, millions of video views out of nowhere. Um, with minimum investment. And uh, then TikTok has such a big trend culture, as I'm sure you know. So original concepts and creative videos work really well. But uh, the things that usually take off are types of content that people can replicate 
and uh, do themselves, you know, so things that create trends. So if a brand manages to create a trend of any sort and um, put it under a hashtag and that takes off, that's going give to give them a lot more exposure than any other social media ad campaign that probably do that year. So we always try to think of, uh, you know, if there's any way to do that for your brand and its industry. You know what I saw that was an absolute stroke of genius with mm -hmm. this space that I like, I still to this day absolutely commend him for is Drake put out, put out a song. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Tusi Slide, I think it was. Yeah. And that was like, I think he made that specifically for TikTok. I really, yeah, do, yeah, I yeah. really do believe he did that. Because uh -huh. so many people were replicating it, and the song blew up because yeah. because it went viral on that on that instance, and I I genuinely do believe that he did it for TikTok, and I I think it's absolutely genius that he did that. Yeah, now musicians are doing that. They are trying to promote their music. They're creating music that with like TikTok in mind, and promoting it on TikTok first. Well, you know, before that it used to be Instagram first, or I don't know, like SoundCloud. Um, and you see that people, and maybe even like you, you'll see it with yourself, you'll start associating songs to TikTok. You'll be like, oh, this is a TikTok song. Yeah. And it, it's not a TikTok song, but that's, it becomes so catchy if you see it more than like three times in a video. And that's really good for creators. I love that TikTok can do that. What, what are the, like just moving on from TikTok into other mm -hmm. spaces, what are some like general tips or like secrets of social media that you've discovered on your journey that you didn't know before? Because you must have learned a lot through this pro process of throwing yourself into this. Yeah, of course. What are some big sort of lessons that you've learned either, either personally or within the sort of industry? That's an interesting question. Well, I guess one of the most important things I've learned, uh, the most helpful things is how to engage on social media to get actual results without um, engaging just for the sake of engaging, like while remaining genuine. And uh, that is something that you can find, you know, through trial and error over time. Because if you look up, you know, how to get more engagement or traffic on Instagram or Twitter, you'll find a million tips online. And you can try everything. You'll find engagement bots that will comment like a little heart on every post under a certain hashtag in your niche. But these things aren't genuine engagement and they don't really work for you because they don't bring you loyal followers. And uh, you'll see people on Instagram using the follow and follow method so much yeah. or, um, because they get short-term followers from it. And that's very wrong because you're operating with short-term thinking and yes you might get followers in the short term because you followed them but then you'll unfollow them probably they will leave you won't be engaging with them so they won't be engaging with you so if i could give you some tips for instagram and twitter specifically um because that's where i've learned how specific engagement can work in your favor it would be that on Instagram, you want to find, first of all, of course, you want to establish your like a specific niche and find a big account in your niche and go through their most recent followers, check them out for like, I don't know, one or two hours per week, check out their most recent followers or the people that are liking their most recent posts, follow them, the ones 
whose content you genuinely like so that you won't unfollow them afterwards. Follow them and leave them like a genuinely valuable comment, for example. Um, like a few other posts, send them a DM if you're in the same niche and you could help each other. So do some very genuine engagement with accounts that you have proof will be interested in what you do because you're starting from a, a big account that does a similar thing or that has like a very similar target audience. And on Instagram, if you do that for like one or two hours per week, for example, that's how a client of mine got like 60% more followers in like a three week time span. And uh, for some niches, it works better than others, but it's very worth trying that because, you know, if you just spam people with likes and follow and follow, it's not going to work well. Well, if you engage very mindfully, uh, you're creating long-term value by getting followers that will be interested in your content and um, will be engaging with your posts. So that's the main thing for Instagram. And then for Twitter, just a quick little, not like a hack, but a quick tip that works surprisingly well is take your so if you're on a brand on your brand's Instagram and you want to get more followers that are in your niche, um, you make a list like a Twitter list, which you know is a tool that very few people use. But you can make a Twitter I list. I don't know what that is. I've, I'm on Twitter. I don't know what that is. For example, if you go on your Twitter now, I don't know if you have your phone um, close yeah. to you, but you go on the menu where you see like profile lists, topics, bookmarks. Yeah. You'll see there's like. You see there's lists and you won't know how to oh, use yeah. that. <laughs> so you can make a list. Um, for example, if you wanted to grow, if you had a Twitter for your podcast specifically and you wanted to grow it, create a list called, for example, millennial entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs or you know, young yeah. people in business and start finding people that fit that category and adding them to that list and following them. Now, if you just follow them, chances are they might not check out your account and they most likely won't follow you back. But if you add them to that list, they feel special. They feel like you're putting them in a community. And then very often they will follow you back and engage with your content more. So by putting them in a list, it's like you found them and you're interested in what they do. So they feel more seen by your brand or your personal brand, whatever it is that you're using. And... Um, more often than not, they'll follow you back and uh, you'll grow a lot faster. And you will have a list of people that all fit a certain category, which then makes you see their tweets separately, uh, which is very mm. useful if you browse Twitter regularly to find uh, interesting content. So, yeah, that's my Twitter tip. That's some very, like, yeah, you, you gave some really good advice for basically the, all the social media platforms that people would, would want to use, like, immediately. Um, one you. thing that I've seen a lot of, not not recently, but it was mm -hmm. quite quite big before, and it still is quite big, is that I've seen a lot of a lot of brands that have like fifty thousand followers, mm -hmm. and then you look at their photos and there's like ten likes, and you're like, what? This yes. doesn't this doesn't add up. Right? It's like, what? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're talking about with just the sort of yeah are they that's fake followers? Like, why are they? That is usually fake followers um, that, you know, for like, I, mean, I really don't know how much they pay, but I feel like for very little money, like five pounds, you could get a few hundred followers. 
And uh, these followers are really just a number because they're not real active accounts. They'll never like any of your posts. So what they do is they drop your engagement rate massively and they make your account seem very non-genuine, a bit sketchy to yeah. anyone that will it's take red, the it's time. It's a red flag to, to me. For sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To anyone that'll take the time to put like uh, two and two together and see that you can't have one million followers and 50 likes. <laughs> so yeah. many brands do that, unfortunately. And it's uh, it's a big mistake. It's, it's much, much better to have a few followers and have a very high engagement rate because they're all engaged and they're actually yeah. lo um, loyal, real followers. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that as well because I know it's very tempting for a lot of emerging brands to just kind of buy loads of followers because it make for them, I understand the whole th thought process. It makes them seem, oh, we're bigger than we are, so that might attract yeah. more people to get interested in us. But I, I, it's a red flag for me whenever I, I come across a brand that I like and then I look at their social media and it's like, like you said, yeah, like yeah, yeah. followers, but like 10 likes. It's like, well, <laughs> this is a bit weird. Because then you realize very quickly, especially if you're part of Gen Z and you're very, I don't know, digitally savvy, you'll see very quickly that they tried to buy fake social proof because for some reason they weren't getting real social proof. So then it, it is yeah. a red flag because... Uh, you know, if their product is good, if they have good customer service and everything, why is no one engaging? So where do you see the future for the Z-Link? Uh, in the future, so basically right now, I'm a university student full-time. So I'm not moving as quickly as I would ideally love to. But I'd like to scale the Z-Link as much as I could by working with uh, some very talented Gen Z marketers and professionals. And uh, I just like to keep working with more clients all over the world to help them reach Gen Z in terms of their strategy or by training their teams, because that's something that I really love doing. And right now I'm working towards creating some educational content that perhaps I could sell through the Z-Link, like an ebook on the things that I am asked the most. Uh, from clients or a short online course. And um, I also really like the fact that the Z-Link has uh, mostly a Gen Z audience because I'd like to use the Z-Link's platforms to help and promote Gen Z entrepreneurs as well. So I'm working on a little like Gen Z entrepreneurs group on Facebook, see if I can make a community around that. So these are the plans for the near future that I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, that community aspect has definitely crossed my mind personally as well. <laughs> yeah, you should go for it. Like, yeah, maybe we could collaborate on that because it's like, yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely crossed my mind. And I've got I've got a lot of like followers, uh, obviously like young entrepreneurs as well. So I know I see I see a few people doing it in the space actually. I don't know. I'm gonna follow them, see how successful they do it, and then maybe yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll like we can, we can collaborate on that. Who knows? Anyway, we're gonna wrap it up there. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you, and I know a lot of people will get a lot of value from from what you've what you've talked about everything social. Um, so how can people stay in touch with you, stay in touch with your brands in the meantime? The best way to stay in touch would be to follow us on social media. We're mostly active on Instagram. The Instagram is the.z.link. And uh, on Twitter, we are TZL Social. 
So on Instagram, we post very often to give tips to young business owners and general social media marketing tips. So it's mostly some educational content um, revolving around social media marketing that you might find useful. And of course, our DMs are always open on Instagram and Twitter for anyone who wants to you know, talk about Gen Z, get any help, ask for tips, anything like that. Like, we're very happy to connect. Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much for speaking with me again. Irafili. Thank you, it was great. And yeah, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. All right, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Manual Entrepreneur. It was an absolute pleasure talking to Erafili and I really hope that you also found a lot of value in our discussion because I definitely did and I definitely learned a lot and so if you want to follow her definitely follow her on the Instagram find her on LinkedIn as well all the links would be in the description if you did enjoy this episode please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts and as a little bonus I'll give you a shout out in the beginning of the next episode there's an absolutely huge episodes coming up in the next sort of few weeks so be sure to stay tuned I've got some you know massive things in the works that you do not want to miss So yeah, be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram, all of that good stuff, and I'll see you in the next episode.